With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. Your The Cubs did not fly the W even one time on this homestand home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue. You can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. If you enjoy the show, leave us a rating and review so that other people can find it. I am Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs, say a Suzuki's hot, maybe cold now, start and more for, at, for Bleed Cubby Blue. And as always, I am joined by the one and only Danny Rocket. How's it going, Danny? Uh, <laughs> does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, it does. I, I, you know, a long sigh might just be what the title of this episode should have been. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I Lots of doom and gloom on the old Twitter timeline. Lots of doom and gloom in the game threads on BCB last night. I mean, I sort of feel like we knew this team was not good and now people are stunned that they are a well below 500 baseball team. <laughs> well, everything had to go really right and people had to overperform. Frank, the tank had to be for real. Uh, Patrick wisdom had to hit 40 bombs. Um, say Suzuki has to be MVP slash rookie of the year. Um, so much Stroh has to be an ace. Hendricks has to pitch like 2016 Hendrick. Like so much had to go right. A, a, a bullpen would emerge. Actually, the bullpen's not so bad. But I was going to say Patrick Wisdom might hit 40 bombs. He might. It's not going to. It's <laughs> But it all had to go right. You see, it all, not just one of the things had to happen. All the things had to happen. And so it's not, it's not happening. And that, is very apparent after this last stretch of baseball. It's a long season. I get it. It's only May 9th. Things can happen. But I think we look a little bit more like the Reds than we do the Brewers. I, I, I'll say we look a little bit more like the Pirates than the there you Brewers. Go. I think We're that, you know, middling. that Reds team has some structural problems plus a terrible ownership group. I don't know. Maybe we do look more like the Reds. I'm mm. just kidding. Um, no, but like they are, I think they have won five games total this season. The Cubs are slightly better than that. I think the Cubs have won nine games total nine. this season. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that this is more a Pirates team than a Reds team for a couple of reasons. One, there are some injured pitchers who will come back at some point in time. We will see Wade Miley throw innings this year. We will see Adbert Alzali throw innings this year in all likelihood. There will be some new guys coming in who can help out and improve the situation that the Cubs currently find themselves in. Also, like, until he's traded, Wilson Contreras is still one of the best catchers in the league. He's having a pretty good year. He had a great homestand. Like, I, you know, the Nico Horner has taken a step forward and the Reds have lost Jonathan India. So, like, I, I do, I don't want people to think we're the Reds because I don't think that the Cubs are the Reds, but I do think that this team is, you got to look for player wins, 
rather than team wins because the team wins are going to be few and far between and it is not going to get easier heading into San Diego where the Cubs go to face a really good Padres team. Yeah, no, it's it doesn't get any easier from here, unfortunately. But uh, that's baseball. You're going to have to face good teams all year. And next year, you have to face all the teams. Um, so you can't even catch an easy schedule. But the thing that makes us not the Pirates, in my opinion, is the lack of youth uh, on the team. And it's just like, that's what I think is frustrating people right now. It's like, there's... Besides, like, Seiya Suzuki being an old rookie and kind of the shiny new toy... You, and the only guy that is definitely not going to be traded, I I look around and I don't really see it, the the young the young studs are kind of far away is all I'm saying. Whereas the Pirates, they're those guys are coming up now and they're going to start getting their experience and making their moves. Anyway, I don't want to be too negative about it. I mean, we want people to listen to the show, right? Yeah, I I hear you on the talent being far away. I'm actually frustrated by that. And then we'll jump into reviewing these Dodgers games, but I look, Brennan Davis is still figuring out triple a the the, he will, he just hasn't yet. He's hitting under 200 at triple a right now. Now that his BABIP is also really low. Like that will work itself out in a month or two, but like even the bats that Cubs fans are super stoked about. Like, I think I looked, Owen Casey is in like high A, like, and he's working to figure that out, right? Like, so we are a couple years away from any of the bats that we're excited about coming to help the team. I know that there were shiny, like, like lots of people, big eyed looking at Brennan Davis in spring training, thinking he could come up right now. And, and, and I just don't think he's going to, I think he is a 2023 call up probably like June or July of 2023. That is when I expect this, the next iteration of this team to be really good. And, and I, you know, we're just going to have to, we're just going to have to shoulder through (laughs) until then. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. And I think the realization of that and a wasted season at Wrigley, uh, when we were told that that was never going to happen again, has really disappointed a lot of people. So I just kind of want to acknowledge that, you know, I, I know that there's, there's a lot of people that it can be pie eyed and be like, no, we, the future's bright and it's a couple of years down, but like l- the cup fans haven't really had a chance to really like mourn their, <laughs> their lost players and their lost season. And I just don't think it's something that we expected was going to happen. I, I think when we signed Stroman and got Suzuki, that there was some hope that the Cubs would do a little bit more and actually try to thread the needle for even this season, just because the maybe pick up another pitcher. I mean, I granted we did get the injury, but we got hit by the injury bug pretty badly. Miley could have made a difference early on, but, and you look at like the bullpen, they're taking a lot of innings right now. Uh, they're top 10 definitely within like innings pitched this year. Cause and I don't know how long you could really hold on to that because the more you tax your bullpen, it's really is quite cumulative. It seems to be through a season. If you're just throwing, you know, 75, 80 innings on an, on a young bullpen arm or an old one as the David Robertson case may be it. I don't know if that works out forever, but I mean, it's just, I think we're all just sitting here waiting. Like, I don't know. It's just, I've cup fans feels really sad to me right now. Like, and they didn't, maybe there was false hope. I don't know. Maybe there was false hope. I know I didn't really have it, but I wanted to fake that I could have it. 
and it just went away too fast. Like even the 500 teams of my youth would hang around until uh, April. I mean, until like um, June or something like that. Until All-Star break is what I was trying to say. Oh, well, we're only five under by the All-Star break. You know, maybe we can make a move. Yeah, I miss – this is not going to be one of those seasons where we're like, oh, the Cubs are almost back at 500. Like, I just don't think – I don't see that coming anytime in the near future. I'd love to be proven wrong. I just – I don't really see it. Um, let's jump in to recapping this Dodgers series. It no. was a three-game sweep uh, at Wrigley Field. I will say that first game, Danny, we were in the bleachers with our friends. It was fun times. It was sunny. Smiley was good. Smiley has been exactly what the Cubs need out of a guy who is supposed to be the number five starter. He took the L because the Cubs didn't score. I mean, boo last night on Sunday night baseball. And we'll talk about Sunday night baseball in a second. Cause it's not the terrible, awful Sunday night baseball booth that you remember said that since the 21 run game that the Cubs had against the pirates, they have scored 22 runs total in 12 games. You cannot do that and win baseball games. No, I mean, you're not going to win a game zero to negative one. That's for sure. And so if you're, I mean, yeah, that game, I I did have fun hanging out with you guys and sitting in the bleachers in the sun. And to be honest, I think that's what the Cubs Cubs are selling us this year. uh, For the most part, they're just hoping the weather will be good and we'll come out and drink a couple $12 beers and line their pockets. Um, But, but yeah, the, the bad defense in this game, uh, the bad base running in this game, the Nico Tootland, the Suzuki pickoff. I mean, that was also a just, Tootland. That that, that was, those were both Tootlands. Yeah, yeah, because he was just caught napping, and like you know, Kershaw did like nobody tell Suzuki, or was it something lost in translation? Like they told him his pickoff move, and they told told him about his pickoff move, and he thought to mean that it was bad. And so he just stood there and I mean, it just, you can't make outs on the bases, especially against a good team like Dodger, the Dodgers they are going to take advantage. They're going to get you out. Um, yeah. I mean, the team looked bad. I, I know Nicole, my fiance was at the game and she hadn't been in a while and she just kind of looked at me and she's like, Oh my God, I haven't seen them look like this in a long time. I was like, yeah, this is ugly. Yeah, since like 2013, basically like nine years ago, back in the rebuild days, that was the last time I saw the Cubs play. It's just fundamentally not great baseball. And look, if look, Kershaw was good. There was some hard contact against him. I was looking back at my scorecard for this game. Lots of lineouts early. There were base runners in the first and the second who got who ended the inning, <laughs> getting thrown out with two plans. It was just disastrous. Uh, he didn't have a lot. Of, he wasn't striking out a lot of guys. It was only two strikeouts. But honestly, there was some unlucky batted ball in play stuff going on. And that was it. Like the Cubs just could never put together anything that looked threatening in this game. They did not really have a shot to win. And that is a bummer when your number five starter only gives up three runs. You should be able to win that game. Yeah. Smiley didn't pitch bad, but because of the terrible fielding he ended up with 37 pitches in the after the first inning so he couldn't really last that long started running out of steam in the fifth and then you're calling on the bullpen on a day that you probably would have rather not dug into your bullpen in the fifth just because you're playing two games even though you get the extra arm up so all this stuff was just cumulative on the day and it just kind of went downhill from there well I mean that first game 
don't even know what to say about it. Like it, it's just like it was so non-competitive. Right. I mean, the whole series felt kind of non-competitive. Like we felt like the generals against the Globetrotters. Because let's just talk about the second game because this one really frustrated me. Not not only this was a winnable game with the exception of the fact that for reasons like, I mean, I know why this happened, but it's just so frustrating. So Norris started this game. It was pretty clearly going to just be a bullpen game and you're looking to get the ball to Keegan Thompson with a league that he can hold because Keegan Thompson is awesome. Uh, Norris gets through the first unscathed. In the second inning, he comes back out. Rather than giving the ball to Keegan Thompson in the second, Norris comes back out, walks three batters back to back. So now you're handing Keegan Thompson the game with one out and three base runners. And to Thompson's credit, he came in and got a strikeout, then walked in a run, uh, gave up a bases clearing double, And that was it. That was the game. Like the Cubs were down four to one, giving up one hit in the second inning. And it doesn't even matter that the rest of the bullpen, and we'll get to uh, David Robertson in a second, because he did kind of blow blow up a little bit in the ninth inning here. But long before the ball got to David Robertson, the Cubs bullpen held the Dodgers to one run and they were losing four to one or one hit, sorry. And they were losing four to one. And I, that was so frustrating to watch. Yeah. And I mean, I think they were trying to get two innings out of Norris just because of you got a long game and you're hoping that you do two to Norris, three or four to Thompson, and then just kind of work the back end from there if you have the lead. But, you know, when the wheels came off and well, I mean, Keegan Thompson, who he walked um, Alberto, who I was saying on the San San Ranto show last night, I'm like, I never even heard of this guy. He's their number nine hitter. And I've heard of everybody on the Dodgers, even their like sixth outfielder in the minor leagues. I probably heard of because he was a star on another team, but Alberto, I never heard of. And that's who you're walking in the nine hole uh, to put yourself. uh, Well, they, that, that tied the game right there, but that was frustrating. But to bring it around to Mookie Betts, well, come on, you're just asking for trouble. You got the bases loaded. This isn't going to end well, and it didn't. And so, I mean, yeah, wow. I mean, it was a winnable game. I even thought that the Jay Hay ball at the end, even though you would have still lost by one, it, it felt like that was like a more than a warning track shot, and it it would just died out there. And you're right, they were hitting the ball well, but they weren't hitting it out. And they weren't, uh, and they were hitting it right too, guys. So you know, I exit velocity right into the glove of somebody else just means that they know where you're going to hit it, and they're going to be standing there waiting to get you out. So, well, seemed what happened a lot. One caveat on the not hitting balls out because Wilson Contreras oh, hit a he baseball did one, yeah. that was massacred. That ball made it to the back row of the bleachers. Uh, and honestly, I think with the, with the old ball, that that would have made it well past our friends out uh, at Ball Hawk Corner. That ball was absolutely crushed. Wilson Contreras had a great series. He had an epic game in the second game. He was a double shy of the cycle. And as at, in the ninth inning, he was standing in the on-deck circle. And all I wanted was Jason Hayward to get that I think it was Jason Hayward who was up at that point. I don't have my scorecard in front of me. Yeah, right he now, made the last out. I wanted Jason Hayward to get the get the game to Wilson Contreras because I really thought there was a shot Wilson Contreras would just cap off a cycle 
and win the baseball game at the same time. Um, or maybe he wouldn't have had a shot to, because I think at that point that would have just given the, he would have been the winning run on second, but the Cubs have not had a cycle since May of 1993 when Mark Grace did it. It has been 29 years since there has wow. been a Cubs cycle. And I was just like, Wilson Contreras is having himself a game. Now, admittedly, the triple, I might have scored an air. It was in and out of the glove of Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, incidentally, really proving that right field at Wrigley is super hard to play. So the guys who play right field for the Cubs uh, are, are doing an outstanding job. Like Jason Hayward and Seiya Suzuki not making airs like that out there are kind of crushing it. There were multiple points of this series where Mookie Betts looked just confused on routes. And admittedly, like the wind was the wind was crazy for this series. Right field is a little bit weird there. But if you don't think Mookie Betts, one of the best defenders in the game, knows how to play those balls, it was just a it was just a it was just a textbook example of how difficult right field is to play at Wrigley, in my opinion. Yeah, it, yeah, he kind of looked like a fool out there, but it didn't matter. It's like you know, the balls were getting by him, and then there was that one play. That Jan Gomes Jan Gomes is. It yeah. should have been a double. I'm so angry about this play. I here's my here's my beef with this one particular play, and honestly, like this is such a small thing in a series where the Cubs didn't look competitive. So it's not like I think this would have changed the series, but Jan Gomes hits a ball deep to right, it bounces on the line. Now, there's no foul territory there. Like, it's not like there's a way for the ball to hit the ground and be foul. It The width of the amount of space is less than the actual baseball. And so the idea that an umpire on the infield is going to call that foul just seems bonkers to me. Like, the presumption should be that the ball is fair. And then it gets ruled call stands because they can't prove it. I'm like, Call stand should always be fair on a ball that deep at Wrigley. There's no foul territory. Unless you thought it hit the wall, which uh, I don't. But then you I can prove it... it didn't hit the wall. Like you can be like, look, hit the ground, didn't hit the wall. So it's fair. I, I don't know how that can't be a fair ball. Yeah. Well, it certainly looked that way. We booed it pretty good from the bleachers that night. Uh, we're, we weren't happy. And I think most of the frustration was that there was a lot of us that were there all day. And so at that point, we're like, can't anything go our right. way? Just one thing. It was, we weren't booing anything in particular, except for just like our lives <laughs> at that point, you know, like boo everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, I was booing from the left field, uh, 100s and it was the same. It was sort of like, oh, I can't even deal with this. I actually probably not booing. Cause I don't really boo, but I was just kind of like. I was very frustrated by that play. I think I was angrily tweeting is what I was probably doing. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about the third game the Cubs managed to lose this weekend. This was Sunday Night Baseball. I do want to say, Boo called this game because Carl Ravitch was out with, with COVID. But if you've listened to Sunday Night Baseball this year with the new booth of Carl Ravitch, David Cohn, and Eduardo Perez, they're great. I have no complaints. I have complained about the Sunday Night Baseball booth four years. The reason we do ESPN Sunday Night Baseball Bingo is because the A-Rod booth and Matt Viscursion booth was so awful to listen to that it was the only way I could deal with the fact that the Cubs were going to have games on ESPN multiple times a season. This booth is good. Boog was great. I still am going to make bingo cards out of a sense of tradition, but they're harder now because I can't say things like A-Rod mispronounces a name. 
I don't know. What do you think of the ESPN Sunday Night Baseball game, Dan? Well, I I tell you, I don't watch ESPN Sunday Night Baseball games. I listen to those games that the Cubs are playing on the radio because Pat Hughes is the greatest of all time, and I really just I can't. I like I like homers to call the game for me. So uh, it's I guess uh, Boog should be kind of a homer, but. I, I can't say I'm the biggest fan of, of Boog either. I haven't really warmed to him. I don't really watch a lot of the games on TV either. I do prefer the radio call. Sometimes I even put on our friend Miguel Esparza and the Spanish language call to hear that, uh, to practice my own Spanish. But that's just me. Um, they needed to improve that that call on ESPN because it was kind of famously awful for like the entire country. Nobody liked it at all. And now, uh, maybe they've made some improvements. Um, you you enjoy it more, don't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I find it hysterical, actually, and they didn't do this for this weekend's game, so it's not like you missed anything if you really want to listen to Alex Rodriguez talk about baseball. But they do, um, on select Sundays, a alternate broadcast on ESPN2 where if you are a masochist, you can listen to Alex Rodriguez and Michael Kay call the game. And I just, I can't imagine that that has good ratings. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I don't know. Is Rodriguez's mom still alive? Maybe she listens. I don't know. That's about all I would think God. would like it. I just, but. I mean, and no, no offense to either one of them, but like Michael Kay is just not my brand of, I, it's not my brand of entertainment anyway, let alone like when it's Michael Kay and Alex Rodriguez yelling about baseball that incorrectly, that just sounds awful. Um, let's talk about the actual game. Marcus Stroman was a late scratch, so late that he still had squares on the bingo card by the time we got the news. Uh, Undisclosed means it's likely COVID. Uh, Frank the Tank was sent to Iowa prior to this game, but is apparently on a plane to San Diego right now. Hat tip to our uh, Twitter follower, Jack Pastovic, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that name. For that news, he is on a plane in a middle seat. Uh, Danny, what do you think about both the Stroman late scratch and Frank Schwindel's brief less than 24 hour trip to Iowa. Well, Schwindel wasn't doing great, right? I mean, he was, I'm looking at a slash line right here, 209, 250, 308, 558 OPS. Uh, yeah, it's, it wasn't really playing. And you've, you've, you're, I mean, I guess they'd rather just next guy up. Let's just see who we got. I mean, but what was the, the exact plan with Frank Schwindel going down like who did they even bring for him um that's a good question i mean that's I, what i'm wondering i was like okay frank schwindel's got so now that i mean we could use a bat i just don't think we really had one was it a pitcher that it got switched out for give me a second um, al usually writes that up in the i thought i i honestly wasn't paying that much attention to who came up i just yeah no i up. thought about it because we talked about frank schwindel going away uh, last night on Sunranto, and then I was like, "It was it's Adrian <laughs> Sampson, that's why." Adrian oh, so Sampson. yeah, so it is a pitcher because they need another starter, and Sampson actually did pretty well for the Cubs last year as a starting pitcher, and they need one, so he's just going to come up and be a warm body to throw some innings at the beginning of a baseball game. Uh, unfortunately, man, it, Stroman was trying to keep safe from COVID, even opted out of twenty twenty, but yeah, it seems like he's got it, which is very sad. Such uh, state of affairs uh, cases are up right now. And I think that it's easy to forget that this is still like a huge part of 
what's going on in our world and what's going on in baseball. I know it's going on in my, my at my theater because, um, you know, we're trying everything we can can do to not have an outbreak because we don't have a guy we can call up for triple to, from triple A to play the lead role, you know? So our show's just canceled because the lead's sick, you know what I mean? That's how that works. So with the cases being up, uh, I, I think that it was just bound to happen. It, I know this is a really uh, quite a contagious strain that's going on with uh, Omicron B or C or whatever the hell strain we're on now. And it was just his turn, unfortunately. And uh, get well soon, Marcus. You know, hopefully it's a mild case and he can get back on the mound and test negative really soon. Yeah, I will say. Um, so a few weeks or a couple weeks ago, uh, I got sick. I took a test. It was COVID negative. I took another test later. It was COVID positive. It knocked me out for maybe, I don't know, eight days where I was kind of pretty sick, uh, sleeping in a lot. I'm still a little bit tired and everything, but I have tested negative in the clear. And uh, I would not want like these people who are like, I'm going to go catch COVID on purpose should not do that. It's not a good, fun thing to have. I'm actually incredibly grateful that I was triple vaccinated because the I wound up having a case that was relatively mild that, you know, worked itself out um, in about the normal 10 days. And I, uh, but it was, yeah, it was not fun. And I, you know, I hope that whatever um, players have COVID right now, there are a lot of them throughout the league, like you were noting, get those mild cases and are back quickly. If you do not follow Derek Rhodes on Twitter, um, he does a lot of injured list comparisons and data and updates for baseball prospectus. And he tweeted yesterday that April to April or month to month comparisons, uh, IL stints are up in 2022, even compared to 2020 and 2021. So definitely something to keep an eye on lots and lots of injured players right now. And the COVID IL is part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cases are up. I mean, you can just read the data and <laughs> that's what we're all, and we're all just going around now without masks and stuff. So, and it's very contagious strain. So it's just, you know, it's one of those things that even if you do take all the precautions, you still could get it. So, you know, you just hope that, it, that he's not going to catch a bad case. Cause some people do, I, you know, that, the thing you worry about is because Stroman just had two great games. I mean, he was coming off uh, the best game that he's had as a Cub. It was like a two-hitter against uh, seven innings against the Brewers. And then for this to happen now, as opposed to be, being able to build on that strong start, uh, hopefully it doesn't knock him out too bad. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, they really need him. I mean, oh, my God, they need him so bad. <laughs> Oh, wait till we get to probable pitchers for this uh, Padres series. Before we do, though, I do want to flag Nick Madrigal's arm definitely cost the Cubs an out in this game. Um, he threw a ball, just airmailed it to over Rivas's head. And I've got to say, Alfonso Rivas's defense is the only thing that kept that ball from just sailing into the dugout and giving, I don't even remember who it was, an extra base. Um Madrigal didn't get an air for that because it was on the second out of a double play and those don't get airs by definition. But I got to say, uh, Madrigal's arm, our, our friend Luis last night tweeted that he's just not interested in watching 400 more Nick Madrigal plate appearances. And I got to say, I'm inclined to agree, although I'm not really interested in watching 400 more Jonathan VR plate appearances either. This situation at second base seems awful. Yeah. 
<laughs> I just I just agree with you. I I mean, if Nikki Nikki two strikes is what they call him, he's supposed to be this you know scrappy little guy that is a thorn in the side of pitchers, but. I haven't seen it yet. So, I mean, I'll be patient still early in the season. Maybe he heats up. Uh, I, he's certainly going to get the chance to, he has options too, if it gets much worse, but for who, I mean, VR's kind of fallen off a cliff after coming on strong at first. And then uh, his defense has been on unplayable at times, it seems. So, I mean, yeah. to back up what you were just saying about Nick Madrigal, and I think this is worth keeping an eye on. The reason Nick Madrigal is a major league baseball player is because he strikes out a very small amount of the time, particularly relative to the current game. In 2020, with the White Sox, he struck out 6.4% of the time. In 2021, also with the White Sox, it was 7.9% of the time. With the Cubs, that is more than double right now. He is striking out 16.3% of the time. And admittedly, he's had a bit of bad, batted ball luck. His BABIP is currently 258. So you expect that that will turn around at some point, but if he's going to strike out 16% of the time with no power and just hit into outs because people are positioning him better, I'm not sure how tenable this is. Yeah. Except for that. They're not trying. So, I mean, it's not tenable on a good team. So (laughs) it's just like, it's only acceptable on a team that does kind of I know the team hasn't given up but they're they don't have the tools to really compete against any of the big boys so it's just like Madrigal Madrigal is a just kind of a place filler till I don't know when (laughs) I'm not sure what the plan is at second base um probably Nico they probably prefer him there and uh I don't know where Madrigal comes when because Simmons just had a rehab start so you figure Simmons are going to play short. (laughs) I mean, you forget about the savior of the season. That is Andrelton Simmons and Wade Miley. Um, So I mean, once, once they come back, then you make a run. No, but then, you know, then I guess kill me now. Hey, I'm just saying, these are things that we're going to have to look at and talk about. So it's just, (laughs) might as well. (laughs) We might have to start recording this show later in the day so I can have a glass of wine while we talk about Cubs baseball, because this is definitely not the type of conversation that God invented coffee for. A couple of other notes from this game before we take a quick break. What was up with Wilson Contreras on that weird play Uh, with Muncie at the play. I think that this was just an example of like slow motion gone terribly wrong where it looked like there was a cup check when it was actually just an accident. But I, that was weird. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, you you see, I mean, Contreras, I mean, the ball bounces away. He's got to go get it. He's focusing on the ball. I don't think in that moment he's like, let me grab Matt Muncy in the family jewels. You know what I mean? Like it's, I know in slow motion, it looks like something that, you know, he's doing to him. Like, Oh, I'm just gonna, I hate this guy. I'm going to punch him in the cojones. But I really don't think that in the speed of the game, that that's what he was doing. And if he was, that's, that's uh, pretty funny. Oh, what do you mean? I didn't, uh, I didn't mean to do that. I was just going for the ball and uh, I just saw another ball and thought I'd go for that. 
<laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clearly one of those times where slow motion has been, um, how do I say, has been utilized to portray something that is not what happened real time. But I imagine this is going to be one of those gifts that lives forever. Uh, and it definitely paused the game for a couple of quick seconds for the Chicago Cubs. Um, speaking of things that need to take a pause, we need to take a quick break for our sponsors. We are going to do that. But on the flip side, we've got a lot to talk about from news and notes around the league. And a preview of three games against the Padres. So stick around. And we're back. Couple of news and notes from around the league. Did you see the mom who snagged a ground roll double with her bare hands while she's like taking care of a kid at the Orioles game? It was so good on Mother's Day. She literally just like reaches up, bare hand snag, and then like does continues doing mom stuff. It was perfection. Yeah, I I did see that. And really the most miraculous thing about it is that she's actually at an Orioles game. <laughs> because like, oh, oh, people still do that? Oh, weird. <laughs> Hey, that is a great ballpark to catch a baseball game. I absolutely love uh, the new Camden Yards. I will say, though, and there was a Twitter discussion about this. Jeremy Frank, who does a lot of stat stuff, and if you don't follow him, you should, because he does lots of random cool stat stuff, sort of like an MLB version of Chris Kompka, who you should also follow, who does lots of cool historical stat stuff. Um, But Jeremy Frank was saying that the Orioles – uh, moving their wall back and like making it taller. So for hashtag reasons is really just a travesty in a year where offense is down anyway. And I have to say, I'm inclined to agree. I, I watched what is definitely a home run and like every single park turn into a double over the weekend because the Orioles decided this was a good year to move that wall back 20 feet and make their ballpark quirky. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it was already a great ballpark, but I mean, I and I don't know how they think that helps them. Oh, it, I mean, it doesn't help anyone, does it? Like, I, I mean, I guess it, I don't know, maybe it used to be quite the pitcher's park. There were lots of home runs given up in the dog days of summer there, so maybe they were trying to contain the offense a little bit. It's probably one of those things we're noticing more this year than we would in other years because the offense is down around the league, which we'll definitely talk about more on this podcast as the season goes on, but Let's talk about offense at the moment. Ronald Acuna Jr. hit his first home run since returning uh, from the IL, and he fell down doing it, but the ball still went 450 feet. That was amazing. Yeah, I mean, he's a heck of a player. <laughs> I miss the days when we had guys that would fall over. Well, they, I mean, Rizzo would go to the knee, knee <laughs> Bobby, Baez would uh, yeah. do a cartwheel and do a flip. It, you know, it's, no, it's just, I miss having guys on the Cubs that do exciting, amazing things like that. It's just like, and I see the highlights of other teams and I just, right now I'm just so bitter. Right. (laughs) I'm jealous about it, you know? Well, I think what you were saying about Nicole's take on this team is, is correct. I mean, it just doesn't feel as fun or exciting or interesting. I mean, even with Wilson Contreras doing Wilson Contreras things, it's still like, I don't know, man. Cubs fans have grown to expect a certain level of play and expertise, and it's not present for most of the team right now. Yeah, I mean, we were told that that's what it was going to be, and that's not what it is. So, and they have the tickets priced accordingly. Um, they're not that. They're not 
they're not that way on the secondary market, but the Cubs are still pricing their tickets like uh, that way. Like the cheapest ticket was over $30 for Sunday night. And it was $6 online. There is one game. And well, there's two games this season that I have played. I have paid Cubs prices for. Um, I already have tickets for the Red Sox Cubs series. That's going to be a banger. The Red Sox are pretty terrible this season too. So I'm sure that's going to be a remarkably bad series over the 4th of July weekend, but I, you know, the Red Sox are a team that travels and they're a team that will pony up money for tickets. So I I figured that those would be cheaper at the box office than they would be on the secondary market just because it was the 4th of July and the Boston Red Sox at Wrigley. Um, And then I, you know, the Cubs do that thing where if you want certain giveaways or whatever, you have to have the ticket that you got from them rather than the secondary market one. And I did that for the Sugar Skull bobblehead day that is coming up in during Hispanic Heritage Months. But honestly, those are the only two tickets that I plan on paying a full market price for all season. Um, Every other game that I've gone to so far, someone, usually Danny, has given me a ticket that they had a spare of for free, um, or I've gotten a $6 ticket and just sat wherever I wanted in the ballpark. Yeah, you don't, that is like, I guess, uh, some advice I could give all of our listeners is that, um, if you probably should wait till unless you're coming with like eight people or something, if you're coming with just two people or whatever, you should probably wait to get your tickets. Um, yep. Because uh, you, you should use a secondary market, whether it be StubHub or they're not sponsors of this show, but uh, you know, so somewhere else, uh, even on probably even on Craigslist, go on Twitter. Somebody's giving them away. I can guarantee you somebody's giving their tickets away. You'll find a lot of who wants to go because I've been, I've been going in there. I mean, you know, you and I, Sarah, thanks for our friend, Corey got us some tickets uh, for that Saturday game. Um, I also got tickets to the Saturday night game. I didn't pay for those either. So people just, and I know a lot of people, so it's like not everybody is going to be able to do that, but like, I, the other day, my friend Robert couldn't go and I retweeted him being like, Hey, anybody want to go? He was trying to get somebody to take their mom because it was mother's day. So the tickets are, are many, and there's a lot of season ticket holders out there, like half the stadium pretty much. And they're not going to every game. And, um, there'll be quite a few tickets out there. I don't sweat it. And certainly don't buy them from the Cubs unless the Cubs start offering better deals. Because I look at the White Sox right across town. You buy a twenty dollars ticket, they give you ten dollars in concessions. Yep, they've got a deal for twenty five bucks. They give you a hundred level seat and two beers. Well, and the beer that you can get on the South Side at a ball game is better than what you can get at Wrigley Field. Like it's just they've got that crap cave down at right field where you can go get. And you admittedly, it's a can, not draft, but like you can go get all of the local breweries, like different brews of the of the season, whatever. There are hundreds of different varieties down there. You can sit like field level and watch batting practice or something. I just the Cubs are charging an exorbitant amount of money for a baseball experience that is really bad right now. And it is honestly kind of insulting. <laughs> Yeah, well, the people are going to stop coming. And on top of it, it's not about just the ticket itself. They charge as much for a ticket on some games as they do for a beer or a hot dog or a sandwich. So, you know, once they get you in there, then you got like these like double movie theater prices. And it's and it's just like people d- don't like getting gouged. 
you know, and it's, it's, it's one thing to have, like you expect to pay a little bit more when you go into a ballpark, but there's gotta be some sort of like value to what you're giving me. And the fact that, you know, they're charging 2016 prices with the 2012 team, you're kind of like, uh, I mean, even and they can't undercut the, all the season ticket holders they have either by lowering their prices further because the cheapest ticket, let's say for Monday, May 16th against the pirates. I'm looking at it right now. It is $14. And now that's for a nosebleed seat. Um, you can go on any secondary market and for the exact same price, sit in a much better seat downstairs, uh, 200 level, Probably maybe even get yourself a bleacher to that one, which is now a premium seat where they have better food out there. Um, so it's just like, I don't know how this ends. Like, wh- because the only way that, like you said, those giveaway days, those bobblehead giveaway yeah. days where you have to buy the special ticket to get it or to get the hat or whatever it is, basically you're buying a bobblehead or you're right. buying a hat. Cause I, can guarantee you that you can get that ticket for nothing. Yeah, I totally 100% agree. And I will continue to get my $6, 200 seats and just hang out there uh, minutes before the game starts, because I, I know where I want to sit in those areas. And there's always at so far this season, at least there has always been like a six, $10, really excellent seat. Uh, that is much cheaper than what the Cubs are charging. I forget who does this analysis, but um, there's a, there's a, finance team out there somewhere that does a what's the most expensive ballpark experience and the Cubs have done something particularly crafty on this I've written about this before but they do not have the highest cost experience in any individual category so they don't have the highest price ticket or the highest price beer or the highest price parking but when you couple everything together they have the highest priced experience which is Frankly, like you like you just said, I, it's one thing when you're paying that to watch a World Series champion team, and it is quite another thing to pay, pay that during whatever we're calling this rebuild, retool, Jed Hoyer doing whatever Jed Hoyer is doing thing. Yeah, parking is $60. $60. That's insanity. Yeah. So I'm glad I, I ride my bike. Parking I'm glad is I can walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, All right. Well, let's couple more small little notes here from around the league. Glaber Torres had a home run that went 364 feet. Chris Woodward, who is the manager for the Rangers, claimed that it was only out because it was a band. It's a band box in Yankee Stadium. And look, that is true. And I agree that Yankee Stadium to right field is a band box. But that home run would have been out in every single park, I think, except for one. So, you know, maybe just tone it down there a little bit, Mr. Woodward. And can I also just say, I've already written about this, so I'm not going to like write about it every week, but these streaming deals that MLB has are the worst. On Friday night, all I wanted to do was watch the Red Sox because they called up Jaron Duran, who was a really exciting prospect who was in AAA. Admittedly, he was only called up for one day with like the doubleheader and then uh, Enrique Hernandez got back and they sent him back down. He'll be back again. Duran is an awesome, awesome, fun player. But I could not watch the Red Sox because uh, I'm not adding Apple TV so that I can add another subscription later when Apple TV starts charging for games. And then the Sunday game, for some reason, MLB has decided that people want Sunday morning baseball. So they Peacock NBC game, which thankfully was on real NBC as well because 
NBC has, has learned their lesson that you can't just direct people to Peacock and expect them to turn up. But that game was scheduled opposite the Bruins game four of the Stanley Cup. And I just can't imagine ratings for that were good at all. Like, I, I know a little bit about <laughs> Boston and demographics. And let me tell you, people were watching the Bruins game. Yeah, I, I I actually did not clock any of this at all, except for that I did know that Apple TV is doing stuff, Peacock's doing stuff. If they want to make their product even more inaccessible, then they're not allowed to complain about all their fans being well they're gonna lo- even lose their old fans <laughs> like i think it was you and i that were talking about like there's absolutely no way my mother is going to like try to like get into her amazon fire stick to figure out how this works yep. to watch one game a week you know it's just not gonna happen people just aren't gonna watch it and i think apple's kind of foolish for thinking that this is something that, that's gonna like bring a bunch of um uh, customers to them as well because people aren't going to bother for the one game on a Friday night. It's just like, it's not even a thing. Friday night baseball isn't a thing. You know, Friday night high school football is a thing. <laughs> you know, that's, right. you know, it's just, so I don't know what the hell they're doing except for collecting large sums of money for doing stupid crap. Like that's all I, I could see. Um, I just, I'll choose to listen on the radio, just like my mother does. I asked her if she wanted to, uh, try, try to, um, you know, subscribe to a different situation, like a YouTube TV or something, which does not have marquee, um, but a Fubo or something like that. She goes, no, I'm fine with the radio because she doesn't want to deal with Fubo. She's never heard of Fubo and she doesn't want Fubo. Am I even saying this right? I have no idea. I don't, I'm not getting Fubo exactly. with your mom. Uh, yeah fubo it is called fubo let's i don't have it either (laughs) yeah i uh, yeah the odds that i'm watching any games on peacock apple fubo whatever are are pretty small i'm with your mom i I just think this is silly Uh, let's end this section on a high note i will give one shout out to the cubs for doing something wicked cool they had the kentucky derby coverage on at gallagher way between the two games of the doubleheader on saturday and that was fun Catching a game at Wrigley, then heading out to Gallagher Way, watching the Derby, where an 80-to-1 shot named Rich Strike, which, hello, irony, came from behind to win the Derby, was pretty awesome. And then I went and watched the Cubs lose again. And, and you know, the Cubs losing part of that was not great, but the sport, awesome sports day in the sun was. Yeah, I did have fun with you guys. I mean, there were about 10 of us out there in the bleachers, plus all the regulars. And, and we just had it was a good group of people and the the vibe in the bleachers was pretty cup snaky but there were no fights and um and usually you know dodger with dodgers fans who showed up to this series it can be a little you know that can that's a rough fan base well, i'll just leave it there but they they can be spirited if uh you know what i mean um that i've definitely gotten in fights at dodger stadium and they they've had some very famous um uh, circumstances out there where people got really hurt because Dodger fans are notoriously fighters, but the vibe was overall good in the bleachers. And I think people were just happy to get a little sunshine on them. So that's what the Cubs are right now is just a place to sit in the sun. That is what the Cubs are right now. The Cubs are headed to San Diego where there is always sun. Uh, the probable pitchers for the Cubs are Kyle Hendricks, TBD, and TBD as of the time of this podcast reporting. Tanny, uh, the Cubs will be 
the Cubs batters will be facing off against Mackenzie Gore, who is a really exciting uh, young prospect from the Padres who just got called up this season. He is having an outstanding start to his major league career. Mike Clevenger, who you may remember from a certain World Series uh, against a team from Cleveland, and Nick Martinez, who I had to look up, but seems to be having a nice start to the 2022 season. Danny, what do you see in these probable pitcher matchups? Well, uh, we don't really know what the <laughs> pitching matchups are, and that, that might be the most interesting part about it, is to see who pitches, because we don't know. Um, yeah, we've heard a lot. I mean, those people that pay attention to Major League prospects have heard about Mackenzie Gore for a while. I know his name was bandied about as somebody that, you know, Cub fans should maybe want on their team if we trade them. One of uh, the people that end up going, like your Chris Bryant's and your you know, Rizzo's and the blue Friday deals, but um, we didn't get Mackenzie Gore in any of those trades. The Padres kept him and he's doing quite well, which is probably the, why they wanted to keep him. Um, as far as like Clevenger, he's the back end of their bullpen. I'm not too scared about him. Maybe we get a win out of this. Nick Martinez. Uh, I, I looked him up and he, he was in the AL for quite a long time, but he's putting together a pretty decent start of the year. Um, and he pitched really well against Miami last time he went out there. Only one run in seven innings uh, pitched. And quite frankly, the Cubs have not seen these guys at all. So, and thus the pitchers haven't seen our guys. I don't know what that means. Uh, I think sometimes that feels like advantage batter. Right. So maybe we well, eke out a few runs, but I don't know who's pitching for us. So like, it's our bullpen versus their actual pitching staff. I got to imagine that at least in the third game, Keegan Thompson is going to get some innings, but he just threw a bunch of innings against the Dodgers. So I really, I really have no idea how this is going to go. It feels like all the guys that the Cubs have used as sort of their mid relievers, like maybe can start just went against LA, like Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson. So probably see Adrian Sampson, maybe get a spot start here. Um, It's going to be, it's going to be interesting in San Diego. Oh God, please no. Like that. Uh, He got hit pretty hard. We didn't even talk about that, but but he might get a start. Oh man, I mean, he's a he starter. Like, I mean, no, he's not. He's not. he was. I mean, he, he has, has started, started games in the past. He is not an MLB <laughs> starting pitcher. But he maybe is on this team. That's oh the sad God. thing. That's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> so I did some. I did some fan graphing, uh, looking up the Padres and the Cubs. And I will say, you know, the Padres are quite good. I they are a slightly below average hitting team at home. So their home splits this season. They are slashing 207, 299, 336 with a WRC plus of 96 as a team. So maybe that bodes well for the Cubs, although I think that has more to do with the fact that the Padres have been playing a bunch of their early games against real teams from the NL West, which is an actual competitive division where everybody, including the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, are over 500 right now as opposed to the NL Central where almost everybody is under 500. Uh, Manny Machado currently has a, uh, oh, and these numbers are all for the last three weeks now. So I've been doing season-wise numbers up to this point, but now we're doing the last three weeks. Manny Machado over the last three weeks has a WRC plus of 259. Eric Hosmer, he who everyone gave up on, has a WRC plus of 179. He's really been stinging the ball quite a bit. Um, And then Haysian Kim, uh, who has been playing shortstop while Fernando Tatis Jr. is out. Um, has WRC plus of 122. Those are the only Padres hitters with WRC pluses over 110. Danny, uh, what do you think about this Padres offense? Well, the the Hosmer thing is hilarious to me. I love it. I love yeah. it. 
I don't know if he can maintain this, but, it, you know, and I, I don't like the Padres, you know, I've not liked the Padres since 1984, but, um, but I think it's pretty funny that they, they had that big meeting. He was almost shipped off and then it, it, for him to, and it was, and it was about eating money. You know, it was right. about eating his contract so they could do something that they needed, but instead he's like their best hitter. It's just, it's hysterical. Like baseball's so funny that way. Yeah. Um, and I, I heard an analysis of him that indicated that it's not that he's done a ton differently. The problem with Hosmer has long been that he doesn't have a good launch angle. He hits the ball hard, but right into the ground. He hasn't particularly changed that, but he's sitting back on pitches a little bit more, which has allowed him to direct the ball a bit more to avoid shifts, I think, is what I heard the analysis saying. And I apologize that I can't credit whoever um, did that analysis. I listened to about 500 different baseball podcasts over the last couple of weeks, and I cannot remember which of those it was on. Um, But worth keeping an eye on that to see if Hosmer's actual approach is the difference, because if it is then that's sustainable. If it's, if it isn't, then he's just doing what Jay Hay did at the start of the season and getting lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Machado, you know, I, I mean, it's weird with this Padres team because they seem like, and they're playing a tough division, but they, I think finished the year under 500 last year and people had already crowned them the champions, you know, at the beginning of the season, they had one on paper. They got Machado. They got, you know, they got you Darvish from us. They had picked up Victor Caratini. Well, since then Caratini's gone. Um, some He's people on another are, contender. He's on the Brewers. Victor Caratini is going to be in the playoffs while the Cubs sit at home. Well, and I don't know what their plan is at catcher. Uh, I saw somebody on Twitter saying today that this might be one of those, the guy just goes to the other dugout thing. <laughs> the Padres? That's what somebody was no. saying because, well, they Luis Camposano, Luis- yeah, but he's just off to a really awful start. I mean, he, and he, I guess he was hurt, but he's only has 12 at-bats hey, on the if year. the so. Padres want to trade for Wilson Contreras, that is a team where I can cheer for Wilson Contreras. So I've, I've already decided Wilson Contreras is getting traded. I just need him to not go to the Yankees or the Cardinals, pretty please. I, yeah, I don't know. Can can he just go to the Rangers where I don't care? <laughs> you know the what Rangers I mean? Rangers are like, not contending for anything, so probably not. Probably not. Yeah, in, f- in fact, I, well, actually, I'm just uh, looking at it. I think it's the the Twins, the, the other teams that are aren't contending at all that don't even have ten wins. It's just us and the Twins, um, the Reds, and Kansas City, the only teams right now. Woo! No, Detroit. Sorry, not not the not the not the Twins. Detroit. So I guess Javi didn't do anything for him, but yeah, he's doing yeah. a lot for him. They just haven't pulled it together yet. Um, I, yeah. I think that, I think that Tigers team is better than they, their current record, like as opposed to the Cubs who I think are probably playing right at their record. I think the Tigers are probably going to improve. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this Cubs offense. This offense is struggling, but let's look on the bright side. They've been slightly better on the road, hitting 238, 311, 386 with a WRC plus of 102. That is probably uh, impacted by the fact that they've already played at Coors Field, but the WRC plus part of that is park neutral. So I'm, I'm holding on to hope here. Hot hitters in the last three weeks for the Cubs include uh, Alfonso Rivas, who we've talked about a lot on the show. He's got a WRC plus of 131. Patrick Wisdom, who I am guessing is hurt because the only reason that Frank Schwit, if you option a player to Iowa and call him back within 10 days, you can only do that for an injured player. And I am guessing that person is Patrick Wisdom, because he got pulled from a game 
earlier this week and has been kind of limping around a little bit, which is a bummer because he's one of the guys who is still hitting on this team. Nico Horner continues to stay hot. His WRC plus over the last three weeks is 124. Wilson Contreras is at 117. Ian Happ is at 116. Danny, can the Cubs score runs? Uh, I mean, they haven't proven that they can. After that 21, this reminds me at that 21 run onslaught, they haven't scored at all, like Boog said last night. And it reminds me of when they like pitched a no hitter and and then died. <laughs> Dodgers combo no hitter the and then lost like 16 games in a row. Yeah, because when they had that 21 run thing, I'm like, here we go. That's exactly <laughs> it was... what it reminds me of, too. Yeah. <sighs> so it's uh yeah, and this just in um Megan Montemuro says Frank Schwindel is rejoining the Cubs after he was optioned yesterday. Source confirms. So not yet clear what the corresponding room is move is, but uh, <laughs> they do give uh what's it? HT hat tip, a hat tip to Jack Pastuovic for noting he was on the flight to San Diego. <laughs> That's freaking awesome Good job, because Jack. he was, the, he tagged me. He goes, he's like uh son Ranto, like what's going on. And I was like, I was like, maybe he's just taking a vacation to San Diego. <laughs> like, I don't know. He's like, I need a little time off. Oh. <laughs> so if San Diego's nice this time of year, it's not too hot yet. Um, yeah. There's gotta be, it's gotta be uh wisdom. Yeah. Unfortunately, which is a but uh, Jack's a great guy. He's come. We we do these um, rooms sometime on this. Uh, we're just kind of chat rooms sometimes on this app called uh, Colorcast, and uh, Jack comes on there quite often. Really knowledgeable dude. If you don't follow him, it's Jack Pastuovic, P A S T U O V I C, and Jack is spelled J A C K. So J A C K P A S T U O V I C, and uh, definitely worth following. A good guy, nice guy. Um. Anyway, and and breaking breaking news while on airplanes, and I think the funniest part of his tweet was Frank Schwindel's on this airplane, and he's sitting in the middle seat. Okay, I I know that we want to give the Ricketts crap for not springing for a better seat for Frank Schwindel, but I think that this might be a situation where all yeah. yeah because it was so last minute, the only seats that were left were middle seats, and there was just no way to upgrade. So I imagine that Frank Schwindel can get himself upgraded to an exit row. If he needs to, if they exist on the flight. <laughs> yeah, but they might not. And um, yeah, that's, I just thought that was pretty funny that he, he specified that he was in the middle I mean, seats. Middle seats, man. Middle seats are the worst. I We can talk about middle seats on airplanes at some point during this long Cubs season when we're, we don't want to talk about <laughs> baseball. Uh, but for right now, we still will talk about baseball, even though the team is struggling. Danny, where can people find you and you and you talking about baseball it, between now and our next episode on Thursday. Well, at Sunranto on Twitter, S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. You can catch our show this Wednesday night. We'll go live right after the Padres series ends. Um, and it's interactive, so you can come hang out with us. And we'll have a grand old time. Sounds Hopefully. Like- Sounds like a plan. You can find me and my baseball takes at at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find all of the references from this show and every episode at our Twitter account at Cup of Cubby Blue. We will be watching to see if the Cubs finally overcome their offensive woes in San Diego and if TBD, both of them, can do a good job holding this Padres offense at bay. Until next time.